everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to helping you fill the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the show with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own company. David and I saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So for that to happen, it takes two things. We have to keep giving you guys some kick-ass content, and you have to pull out your phone and tap the share button and send this show to a friend of yours that you think would enjoy it. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch, take 23. Got it right this take time. Take 23. Sometimes it takes Mitch a little while to get rolling yep. on and the intros. For, for those that don't know. He amped up. He's like, ah. Yeah. For those that don't know, we don't edit this show. If we make it about 30 seconds in with no, like. It's over. No fuck ups or just we can't stop <laughs> laughing or whatever. That's if it. We, if we make it that far in, it's going. Yeah. So. We're just going to keep on rolling. Yeah. So this show's off and running. Yeah. We, we, we had a show. sprint. We had a show, I don't know, four or six shows ago, maybe eight or so, I don't know. They all were one Where show my now. wife was vacuuming outside this door, and we had to pause the show and kind of bark at her oh, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, yelled out that she's like, you recording? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we what are. What do you think we've been doing here for 30 minutes? You think <laughs> I'm here just to freaking hang out? Yeah. No. So, we're and, working here. And that made it all the way through the whole show, so that's that's just what we do. I haven't got to that one yet. So I should just, to, even if I had to fast forward, just to see how. Yeah. It's. I listen to every single one, and it's kind of creepy listening to yourself talk. Yeah, I know. I had to quit for for After our like listeners out there. 20, I, I am like, sorry. Yeah, fuck no, it. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so if you're you new to the show, sorry. if you're new to the show, we have a couple of different formats. Um, format one is our core episodes. Uh, those are episodes one through nine. Whatever platform you're listening on, if you go to the library at that platform and find episodes one through nine. Just scroll all the way back and start at the beginning. Um, those are the meat and potatoes of what it takes to start your own company. So listen to them all, listen to them in order. The rest of the show, you can bounce around wherever the heck you want. It doesn't really matter. There's no real order beyond that. No. Um, in those nine episodes, we talk about six core adversities that you're going to need to overcome in order to expect success when you start your company. So uh, identify what those uh, core adversities are, put some plans into action, and kick ass. Um, other types of shows that we have. We have some guest episodes where we'll bring on guests that have either started their own companies in recent years, and they'll talk about their successes and their failures. Um, we will also have um, guests on that uh, may pertain to you starting your business. So it may be an accountant or an internet guy or a uh, search engine optimization guy or something like that. So uh, we have those as well. Um, we have some general business shows where we just talk about general business topics. That's what today's show is going to be. We have question and answer shows where if you have a question that you would like to send to us, you can send that to the email of askmitch at mitchsmedley.com and we will get those questions and we will answer them for you and send you back an email. Um, and we're very prompt on that. We do it very quickly. Um, if your questions are good enough, we might even make a show about them if they haven't been asked in a thousand other emails or anything else already. So, yeah. um, am I missing any? Oh, oh, we also have beyond the void shows. 
And uh, the Beyond the Void show is a more relaxed show where we talk a little bit less business and a little bit more social and political topics. So those are fun. Uh, usually Dave and I are a couple of drinks in when we do those to help loosen us up a little bit. <laughs> At least. So uh, and, and by the couple of drinks in method, you would think every show is a Beyond the Void show for Dave. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> Primed and ready to roll. I got to so, be. If you knew what Mitch is really like, you'd know the struggle. I can be from this side of the desk. I can be a little anxious. If you sometimes. don't if you don't have at least like one or two beers, you it's tough. It's tough. It's tough getting through. Yeah. So today's show is a business show. What are we talking about today, Mitch? Today we are talking about dun dun dun. Okay, it's not a surprise. What is it? Mental health. <laughs> Mental health. And so, how it pertains to your overall success as a business owner. As a business owner, as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother. son or a daughter, uh, as a mother, as an employee, right? Because a lot of our listeners are currently employees. Um, it, it Mental health affects everything. And so um, we all go through struggles with mental health. And so we wanted to have a very open and candid show about how real of a problem it can be, about how real of solutions are available out there, and um, how it's nothing that you should remain in the dark about. So um, a couple of shows ago, David mentioned that uh, he had a, a short momentary time where he was struggling with a little bit of mental health and got on a little bit of medication and helped him out. Yeah, mine was... Mine was anxiety-based. Yeah. You know, I was at a, at a transition period in my life, and it was a little overwhelming, and I didn't even realize what was going on. Like, I didn't feel like I was real anxious. Right. My deal was I went to my doctor one <clears throat> for a physical checkup, and he was like, you know, hey, what's going on, this and that. And I was man, I'm just having some – I thought I was having some actual health issues. Right. I was short of breath, and I was like – you know, I just, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, this and that. And, you know, they do, do all these stupid tests and this and that and blah, blah, And I was healthy and they're like, finally he was like, do you think you have maybe some anxiety and stuff? I mean, this is after three or four visits mm -hmm. to get there. And that's what we came at. He was like, you know what? I'm going to put you on this really small dose of Lexapro. Just, we're going to do it for two, I think it was two or three weeks. And we're just going to see what happens. Yeah. So I started taking it, and that it went away. Yeah, like I didn't feel any different. Like my mentality wasn't different. Right, but my breathing was better. Yeah. I mean, I noticed. Yeah, did I notice because of the medication, or did I notice because I was self-aware of how I was thinking and what I was going through? I think that is more of what it was. I think, I think the drug itself didn't really help me that much, but the placebo effect that it did give me made a huge difference. Yeah. I was, cause I, I quit taking it after that yep. and didn't have the issue yep. because I literally in my own mind, I was like, okay, this is why this is happening yeah. and was able to control it then. Right. You right. know? And I mean, <clears throat> I'm not a doctor, you right. know, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I know that that helped me get there right. and helped me overcome that. And I was able to quit taking it, you know, yep. relatively quickly, quickly. Yep. I mean, I think I, I took it for those three weeks, um, <clears throat> and then within three months of the total process of everything, I was back to normal. Right. You know? And I mean, it was a transition time in my life. I mean, it was stressful. Yeah. And we all go through that, right? I mean, you've been through the same thing. Right. You know, when you were working. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, let's talk for a minute. I'll dive into my story with mental health here in a minute. Um, Let's talk for a minute about what can cause mental health issues. Um, And Dave and I didn't do... We, we talked a whole lot before we started filming or recording this show. Uh, we didn't really talk about this show at all. So no. you're, you're getting the raw deal here. Yeah. Um, my belief <clears throat> is that poor mental health originates from a lack of discipline. And a lack of discipline can very quickly equate to a lack of self-confidence. And then when you start to lack discipline and self-confidence... <clears throat> then you are going to see your mental health decline really fast. Um, when you say discipline, do you mean self-discipline? Or do you mean discipline as a child? No, do you self-discipline. Mean self-discipline. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which, discipline as a child, I mean, they're, they're... Helps you develop self-discipline. They're the same word, right? They're, yeah. Right, so <clears throat> discipline is doing things that need to get done every day, no matter if you want to do them or not, right? And and maybe it's not a daily cycle. Maybe it's a weekly or monthly or whatever cycle. That's discipline, right? Um, You take um, Tom Brady, for example. High-level athlete, spends more time practicing than anybody else, right? There's no reason the guy's friggin' great. He is very, very disciplined, any of the ultra amazing athletes that have had a long career of high performance have discipline, right? Kobe. How much time did Kobe spend in the gym? A lot of time. A lot of time. A lot of time in the gym, a lot of time on the court. Um, you know, Mahomes, same thing, right? So um, <clears throat> any high-level athlete, you're going to find an extreme dedication to being disciplined about how they run their day and run their routine, um, whether they want to or not, right? You think if, if Brady misses one practice, do you think is No one's going to give a shit. No one's going to give a shit, and you wouldn't even notice. No, and no one's right? going to no say anything. If he missed a week, no one would say anything. Right, right. But it's up to him. Right. It's that self-discipline. It's the discipline that, that powers through, right? So um, one of... of the, the podcast that I follow, uh, Andy Frisella, The Real AF, um, he, whenever, whenever, when we started this show, we started, we started this show and talked about how there's a ton of entrepreneurial podcasts out there, um, but some of those podcasts can kind of go over the head of the blue-collar guy or the blue-collar girl that kicks ass at their job and kind of wants to start their own blue-collar company, right? Yeah. Some of those podcasts are geared towards a visionary who's wanting to start like a dot-com startup or a digital, you know, startup or some national thing, right? Yeah, wants to have a bunch of real estate. Right, know. right, like like real high-level stuff. And, and our show is more geared towards um, kind of the blue-collar service style, you know, person who wants to start their own business. The more average Joe, yeah, if you will. Yeah, so, um, um, and I don't say that to take away anything from Andy Frisella. I've literally listened to every single one of his podcasts. The guy's freaking amazing. And and if if you could only ever have time to listen to one podcast ever, it's this one, and then some of those. I, I would say that one is the one. So you know, now, I'm when you know, I, the things we talk about off air. This <laughs> is coming. You know what I'm making a note. Yeah. <laughs> talk to Mitch about being a douche. Only one podcast ever, aside from ours. Okay. Right. So. 
Um, he's got an amazing podcast. Well, um, at the time I was coming out of my <clears throat> struggle with mental health and I had turned the corner and I realized I had turned the corner and everything had become so clear. Here I am trying to figure out like, there's gotta be a recipe for what happened with me. There's gotta be a recipe for how did I go from being unhappy to being happy? And the things that I was thinking about in my head were, it's the fact that I get up every morning, I don't hit snooze. The moment the alarm goes off, I am up. I don't even start the day trying to be lazy. I'm disciplined to get up on the first alarm. I right? hit that snooze a lot. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, self-awareness I mean, is for why me, we say that. I say that because it's important that you have to know what your triggers are. Right, right. You know, I had some things in my life that always happen no matter what. They just do. And I'm very disciplined to do those things. And when I was declining in my mental health area, I was even letting those lax. I wasn't showering every day. And, and this is very common in like mental health struggles, right? The, the urge to uh, get out of bed, the urge to shower, you know, all of that stuff kind of goes down. And I started recognizing all of this stuff. And so I'm like, those go hand in hand. So there, there's got to be something there about doing things even though you don't want to do them, right? And I, di I didn't put the word discipline to it, but that whole idea was there, right? Well, another thing that I had recognized that equates to happiness is your ability to recognize things that you should be thankful for, right? Like y y there's, all those, there's all those goofy sayings out there about like, you know, five years ago you prayed to be where you're at now and right now all yeah. you can focus on is what you don't have right now because you're you're wishing you were farther along than where you are the american mentality yeah yeah you know the the um the guy in a car there, there's a sports car that pulls up next to you and you're and, in and a you're, sports car well you're jealous of his sports car right yeah well you look over to your right and there's a kid on a bicycle that's jealous that you have a car yeah and then there's a kid walking that's jealous that that kid's got a bicycle yeah and then there's a kid in a wheelchair that's jealous that that guy's walking. Yeah. Right. It's all so about perspective. It's it's all about perspective. So the ability to recognize, like, I don't have everything and I don't have everything I want, but everything that I have, I'm I'm like, you should be grateful I'm, for I'm what grateful you have. For, right. Yeah. So as I'm going through all of that and I'm like bouncing all over this idea, I listen to a podcast from Andy Frisella, and he has a recipe for happiness, and it, it's it's simple. It's literally discipline plus gratitude equals happiness. And I'm like, that's fucking it. Here, I'm, I'm making it way too complicated. <laughs> it's, it's literally that simple. Discipline plus gratitude equals happiness. The ability to do things when you don't want to do them and do them like clockwork, and the ability to recognize things that you should be happy and grateful for and, and work towards the things you don't yet have, but not spend too much time worrying about what somebody else has or how somebody else behaves or, or anything like that. And instead of worrying about what you don't have, being grateful for what you do have, those two things alone, and you are happy. I will, I will say, I, I don't know how much the discipline part p plays into that, but I will say being grateful for what you have, especially in this country, mm -hmm. is a huge part of that. I mean, I can't argue with that one bit. People in this country and we talk about keeping up with the Joneses and all, they bitch and whine and complain. And I mean, I, I will catch myself doing it. Yeah. 
Like Mitch and I have talked about, I have been trying to buy a classic car, not an expensive one, but I, you know, I've always wanted one to have mm-hmm. in the garage, take out on special occasions, and literally, I am complaining that I don't have that. Yeah. And well, I, I like that one, but it's an automatic, and I wanted to stick. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like so stupid. Yeah. Like my wife has a 2018 Chevy Traverse. I have a 2012, you know, Chevy Silverado truck that is extremely reliable. There are people in this country that would kill to have those things, and they aren't top end. Right. They're middle. I would say those are two middle of the road vehicles that are paid for and that we drive, and we do that on purpose. Yep. You know, we don't think that spending a lot of money on on cars is extremely important. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing that we have actually talked about and that we agree on. Right. You know, but it's like still, I'm like. you know, oh man, Let's you know what? Some... I wish I had a new, brand new GMC truck. Right. I wish I had this classic car. I wish I... You know what? Be grateful when you go out to freaking start your truck to go to work that it fires up. Right. I mean, I remember my first car was a 1988 Pontiac Sunbird white POS. Yeah. You know what? It started every day though. I remember when you crashed it off Taylor Road right around the corner. I crashed that motherfucker <laughs> like three times. But you know what? My dad paid $1,500 for that. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it was, it, I should have been grateful to yeah. have that car. And I was always like, man, I wish I, wish I had a Mustang. I wish I had a Camaro. And I bought a Camaro after that. But I, you know, I, right. But I, I should have been grateful at the time for what I had yep. because there were kids at school that didn't get, didn't have a car. Right. You know, they had to walk. Right. You, know, you have to have perspective of where you're at in your life. Yeah. And, and like real world analogies of that is and our listeners may be just as guilty as this. I, I used to do this too. You social media makes this so much worse. Oh yeah. Um, That's a whole nother topic. Yeah. You've got so many friends on social media. One of them is always buying a new car. Right? Let's yeah. say you've got two hundred friends on social media. A lot of people have, you know, two thousand friends. But let's say you have two hundred. One of them is always buying a new car. Yeah. And so it makes you, it gives you the impression that everyone is always buying new cars. Yeah. And it makes you feel like you're not somebody unless you're buying a new car. And so you don't, and, and I'm, let's just say you probably shouldn't or couldn't afford a new car. So this is where the discipline part comes in and the gratitude both. Having the discipline to overcome the urges to buy a new car and having the discipline to drive your current car that's perfectly fine and maybe paid for, or maybe it's not paid for, but you're a hell of a lot better off in it than a new one, right? Having the discipline to stay the course, stay on those payments, stay with that car, even though it feels like everyone else around you is buying a new car. Um, And then also adding on to that, being grateful that you have that car. Yeah. That is going, you will be a whole lot happier in that scenario then you will be if you go trade this car in and go get a new car. Because right? you're going to have buyer's remorse probably out the gate. Yeah. So you're Im- immediately going to feel bad about the decision you made. Right, right. But, but it's a paradox. Yeah. Right? Gary, uh, Gary V, there's a, there's a popular short video clip of, of a, I, I can't even remember what started it, but he's, he's basically talking about Mercedes. Um, and he, uh, he talks about how he, he ventures to guess that most people that drive a Mercedes don't even drive it for themselves. They drive it for what they think other people think oh, about them while they're driving it. Guarantee it. Right? 
Um, Guarantee. It's just like, that's the whole, so someone that buys a Ferrari, you right. know, first off, I would love to have a Ferrari. So right. if anyone wants to give me one, I'll take it. Right. But it's like, you, you know, you get the Ferrari for the stature that you obtain. Yeah. Driving a, if you want to drive something that's fun to drive, you can drive like a 65 Mustang stick right. shift convertible. It's probably more fun to drive just in the feel, in the way it is when you're driving it. Yeah. You know, the actual feeling you get when you're driving it is probably better than that Ferrari. It's not going to be as fast as that Ferrari. Yeah. It's not going to be as smooth, but the feeling you get when you drive it is equal to, if not greater, right. in my personal opinion. I've always said driving a shitty car fast is a whole lot more fun than driving a fast car fast. It's probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you're scared to death. Yeah, you get in an old Chevy Cavalier or something and go 100 miles an hour in that thing. Well, that's because you're scared. a whole lot more exhilarating. That's because you're scared for your life. <laughs> you're just like, the wheel's going to come off of this piece of shit in yeah. two minutes. You know, and I mean, that's an, that's an extreme example just to, you know, make a point. But just like Mitch was saying, you know, People think that stature is a real, you know, oh, I gotta, I gotta do this. And in this country, it's worse than other places. Yeah. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta, you know, no, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. Happiness. If you had forty thousand dollars, and you put that down and bought a hundred twenty-five thousand dollars used Ferrari, the feeling you're gonna have when you get home is not great. Right. Well, the day you buy it, you yeah. might be, you know, in the week, yeah, it might be cool. Yeah, the two days after that, right. you're you're not gonna feel good about where you're at. We've all bought something new, and, and we we can all recognize. Well, yeah. not necessarily buyer's remorse, but we can recognize when the new feeling wears off, and then it's just something else that we have. Yeah, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna sell this piece uh, of shit, right? So yeah. like, I used to have a, um, and this was I bought it in 2015, bought it used, but I bought I had a 2015 Mustang GT, um, and it, I mean it was. Loud and rowdy, had badass exhaust, six-speed leather, like all the bells and whistles and everything. And I bought it, one, because I liked it, but two, is because I thought it would make me look good, right? Um, <laughs> to, to friends and, and yeah. you know, the crowd, yeah. air quotes. I'm not laughing at Mitch. I'm just, right, yeah. And, and so um, this, was, this, this was actually at a time where I was beginning to struggle with mental health. Um, I sold you it. You were probably struggling before that. Yeah. But yeah. then that just, you know, you were trying to mask it added to it. what you were feeling. Right. So as I came out of the end of my mental health cycle, um, <clears throat> I had also, I had given to me a, a 1989 Mustang. It was a four-cylinder, like the Fox Body style. Um, it was a four-cylinder car, slow, turd, had like 90 horsepower, um, and it didn't run. Uh, a plumber friend of mine said, hey, don't you like Mustangs? I said, yeah. He goes, my parents have one in their garage. It hadn't ran for 14 years. If you can tow it out of there, you can have it. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. So I towed it out of there and spent a couple hundred bucks on new plugs, new wires, and, you know, all this other stuff and got it running. And I'm like, hey, this is kind of cool. Like two weeks later, it, the engine blew up on it. And, and it wasn't because I, was was I was hot rodding it. It just did not like coming out of a 14-year slumber. Um, and so I took the opportunity, I mean, I got the car for free, right? Yeah. So I took the opportunity to put a turbocharged four cylinder engine in it and make it like pretty badass. 
And the by the time I got done building that car, I had about 3500 bucks wrapped up in it. And it it had a better power to weight ratio than my 2015 Mustang GT. Yeah, it's cuz it didn't have leather, didn't have ride support, didn't have, you know, all that extra fancy well, shit. Well, it only in weighed there. like 2200 pounds. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> all that leather and stuff is yeah. it weighs a lot. Yeah, so um and I enjoyed driving the old car more than my 2015 Mustang. It it wasn't more comfortable. It didn't have creature comforts, right? The the AC didn't work in it. It didn't have a CD player. It had an old stereo. Like, but, but you had pride when you were driving. I had it pride, too. right? I built it yeah. instead of bought it. Um, and so, was, and my sons helped me build it, and it was faster than my my other one, right? <laughs> and so I, I I remember the day I came home. I told Danielle, I'm like. I think I'm going to sell my new Mustang. She's like, oh, I thought you'd never sell that thing. You love that thing. The whole like, time she's thinking, fuck yeah, fuck that no, thing. No, no, she, <laughs> she loved it. And and so I'm like, yeah, I enjoy driving the old one a whole lot more than I do the new one. And the, the new one's got payments and, you know, just yeah. all this stuff, right? So I sold it. Yeah. And that was one of the most liberating days ever, the day that you're able to recognize, like, I enjoy driving the, the $3,500 car. Yeah more than the $35,000 car. Yeah, and the, and the point there is don't think that just buying things to Equates make yourself to happy is going to make you happy. Right, right. You know what I mean? And and you look at the recipe of what goes into that $3,500 car. You've got discipline, right? I had to build it. I had to put work into it daily to, to rebuild the engine and... Then I had to rebuild the transmission to make it handle the power of the engine and just all this stuff. I had gratitude, right? Every step along the way, you're putting work into it, and now you're seeing progress. And then at the end, whenever it actually works and it's faster than the other one, and you're extremely and, grateful. And now you're really and grateful. And, and and I got to do all of that with my sons, and I got some really cool pictures and some amazing memories. And like yeah. that, that's like the lifelong. That's like the shit that we'll look at for sixty or seventy years, right? Yeah, and and so well, it's you like know. the pictures I brought you the, the other right. day that you posted. Yeah, and you, you know you you forget how much more fun and more satisfying yeah those moments were, and those moments didn't take any money, right? Or they so, okay, I shouldn't say that they took money, but they took far less money. Right. Then you realize when you're a younger individual, yep. you know, trying to get to a certain status or a certain point in your life, you're like, you know what? The small things do matter. Yeah. And the and the things that are more satisfying don't cost more money. Right. Right. You know? So and, and I mean I had some memories with in the newer Mustang with my kids, but nothing like yeah. in building the old one. And so we sold it. And and my sons didn't even care. Yeah, because they loved the white car. Right. So, Did, were they heartbroken when you sold the white car? They, they were. So, are they still mad full, at you? Full to this circle day? of that story. Yeah. Is uh, I sold that car, the the Fox Body Mustang. I sold that to f- help fund the startup of our business, um, and and I don't regret selling it one bit. I had mo- so once I got it done and built, I would drive it and drive it and drive it and drive it and drive it, and then it kind of the I don't want to say the new wore off, but I I. I was no longer work, having to work on it so much. You enjoyed working on it more than kids. you did driving it. Yeah, I enjoyed all the experiences that came from working on it and building it and the, the, the dreams and hopes and aspirations of how can it, you know, what it might become. And then once we got it there, 
it was like, okay, what's next? You know, side, side talk. Maybe you should get another one. Yeah, I will. It doesn't have to be a my, Mustang. It could be anything. My oldest son's thirteen, and he's getting into the car, whole car thing, and everything else. And and so we're gonna find find we'll, something he we'll wants. We'll find something for him. So right now, ever since you brought that, he's never seen. I didn't have a single picture of my first car. Dave, Dave brought over some pictures from. Oh my God! They would have been. We would have been about twenty. No, eighteen to twenty somewhere so in there. So Cody had the Fox body in that. Yep. So I would say we were. I had the Camaro. I'd say we were. You're right. Nineteen or twenty. Yeah. Nineteen or twenty. So so twenty two years ago. Yeah. And, <laughs> or twenty years ago. Mine. Dave had a ninety seven Camaro. Thirtieth anniversary Z twenty eight Camaro. I had a sixty five Mustang. And I never had a single picture of my old Mustang. And then Dave happened to find one. Uh, and so my sons never got to see my old Mustang. And ever since they saw the pictures that you brought over, now my oldest is like, <laughs> I think I want a 65 Mustang. You know what's funny is in that picture, so your dad had a 64 and a half. Yeah. And then he, what was the uh, fastback? 65 fastback. 65 fastback. They were all in those in those yep. photos. Yeah. You know, I, I keep track of old cars like on Facebook Marketplace groups and stuff like that all the time. Dude, you can get 65 Mustangs for real cheap. Coops, you can. Yeah. Fastbacks, Fastbacks are no real go. pricey, but Coops, you can get them real You can cheap. get a Coop pretty cheap. Yeah. You know what the difference is? Nothing. No. To him, nothing. No, he, he won't know the difference, right? He wouldn't care. Um, Not but, to... I, I mean, I, I'm excited. I, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. I, I love getting the old uh, cars and stuff going. So so that was like the the end point of like that's where I knew I was way totally out in the clear on the whole mental health thing was the ability like I was able to sell my my uh 2015 Mustang and and you know have this fox body and enjoy that and not give a fuck what anybody else thinks and you know all that kind of stuff. So Yeah. Um you know mental health is just a side point on that is like your son Grant was in here the other day and I told him you know the number one thing you learn when you get older is you just quit giving a shit what other people think. Yeah. That's a huge part of mental health. Yeah. When you can when you can realize that what other people think about you doesn't actually fucking matter. Yep. And what really matters is what's in front of you, your family, things that are going on around you and how you handle yourself. That's what's important. Yeah. I wish I could go back in time. You know, you always think about, man, if I could go back in time and do this and do that, I think about what would I tell myself? Right. Dude, you... You well, know, it's, it's all the classic things that we heard growing up too that we didn't listen to that we didn't listen to exactly yeah. exactly yeah that no one listened to like yeah. hey dude people don't matter as much as you think they are or think they do no. and you know all of that kind of stuff no yep. yeah it's just it, and it's so cliche to sit on a on a podcast that's for other people and say those same stupid things they're not stupid but, you know same things over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. but it's so true and I think you know, we, people talk about mental health as being, it's okay to talk about it. It's not that it's okay to talk about it, which it is. It's more of, you need to be able to realize what those things are and be able to specifically describe them to people to help them. Say, hey man, right? I went through this and these were the flyers that I picked up. Yep. And then I say, hey man, it's and- okay for me to... I, you know, it's hard for men, especially, to be open and say, "Hey, dude, well, I struggled here at this point, and yep. this is what helped me." You know, because everyone's everyone's fucking tough yep. guy, especially in our industries. Yeah, you yep. know, construction yep. workers and stuff like that. Hell, I cried on the fucking show. Like, when was that? A couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know, it, that 
I don't care. Right. That shit doesn't bother me. Well, Nothing bothers me. And to add to that, being able to spot bullshit and and not not when somebody's like dick measuring or fibbing on a story. Let's say you're overweight. Let's say you weigh 240 and you really should be around 190 to 200. Okay? And you you go to your friend and you say, yeah, I'm thinking about losing weight. It's just too fat or whatever. And your friend says, no, man, you look good. That's bullshit. Yeah. Your friend is not helping you at all. Your friend is lying to you in the effort of to trying to preserve your happiness. It, well, it doesn't yeah. fit the formula. It's not discipline and it's not gratitude, right? Yeah. It's, it's actually lack of discipline and lack of gratitude. So don't do that to other people either. Don't take somebody who's heavy and try to build them up. And like, that's the whole problem with the body positivity thing. And this isn't a beyond the void show, but the problem is getting there real quick. <laughs> yeah, the, the body positivity movement erodes mental health. It erodes very, truth. very quickly Yeah, because you, you can't take an obese person who is like, like by definition, obese and then, like, it, it's a hard subject to go over because what they come after you with is, no, if you're not body positive, then you're body shaming. And it's not body shaming. It's, it's telling the truth. It's telling the truth. It's like, no, you are obese. You will have health complications in the future if you don't already right now because of that. You need to do something to fix it. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm not going to say you're ugly, but you would be much more attractive if you... If you lost weight, you know, and if your buddy comes to you and says that, you know, and you want to tell him the truth, you can just, you know what saying first, dude, we're friends and I love you. Right. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're right. You need to lose some weight. Yeah. I'm worried about you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. This, and, and let's change it off of weight. Okay. You go to work, say you got a, a good friend at your work and you guys have worked together for a long time and your friend drinks too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't take your friend out on no, a Wednesday dude, night. No, dude, everybody drinks five nights a week. It's all right. Don't take your friend out on a Wednesday night and say, hey, dude, let's go drink some beers and then watch him drink 10 and then go to work the next day and be like, oh, it's all right. I'll, I'll pick up your slack. I'll, you know, uh, Right. That doesn't help them. Right. If they, if they need help, help them. Right. Sometimes. That's called friendship. Yeah. Sometimes just look, and it could cost you a friend. Yeah. Later well, down the road, you may gain that friend back because it could, of it. It could cost you somebody in your life, but I would venture to say they're not a friend if it costs you that relationship. That's not true. I, and I would say if if you helped them and they were too ashamed to come back and say you were right, and I'm a fr- that doesn't mean they weren't your friend. That right. could mean they're just ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I, true. I mean, I, there are little struggles like that in life everywhere yep. and where we get into trouble, especially in this society now. And that's kind of what a part of this show is about is, um, everyone's too apathetic, yeah, you know, and they have too much empathy for what's going on. And sometimes you just, you have to tell the truth. Yeah. And that's where it, the it, exercise of discipline comes in. And if you tell the truth and you can help that person, whether that hurts your friendship or not, if you're helping that person, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a struggle, but I mean, you just, if we don't, this is getting into the next show after this, 
But if we don't start righting some of these wrongs now, yeah, I mean, we're basically witnessing the demise of mankind. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, not to be too deep, but yeah, let's. I mean, so so to go back on that drinking thing or the weight thing or anything else where you're struggling and your friends are trying to diminish your struggle or try to normalize your struggle, it's a lack of discipline. It's. I mean, discipline is doing what needs to be done, even if you don't want to do it. So what needs to be done? Being honest. Having an honest and candid conversation with your friend. And that's on both of you. That's all right. Right. It's on both of you. So that's where discipline comes in. So it, it is ultimately the recipe for happiness. I don't think you can improve upon it. So credit to Andy Frisella for, for coming up with it. It's, it's amazing. You know, you've, it's funny you say that we hadn't talked about this at all, but so Layla, my daughter all the time will be like, well, I don't want to do that. And literally what I tell her is, babe, life is full of things that we don't want to do, but we just have to do it and then move on. It's hilarious. that It's not hilarious. It's crazy to me that you brought that up because I tell her that all the time. And she has literally said that to my wife. And my wife's like, well, yeah. And then she's like, well, dad says, and I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, she's learning. But in the front of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, fuck. What am I, you know, what am I going to do? But, you know, hopefully, I mean, that's that's just a great thing to go off of. Like, listen, I don't want to get up and go to work every day. Right. But the days that I get up and I don't want to go, I have to go. And I know that I have to go. Yep. Because, like, we've talked about it before, you know, you're setting a good example. You're, yeah. You're trying to be successful. You're changing your family tree. You're, you're doing the right things. Yep. And, you know, that guy that calls in once every three weeks, that doesn't seem like a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know, the, that person's uh, not geared for success. Let's, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to make an observation here. I'm not a female, so I'm not going to act like I understand the mental struggles that females go through. But um, you, over these last few years with COVID and working from home, and you know when schools were out and then they went back in and everything else, um, you you witnessed on social media a ton. And they, they even made jokes about it, about like people that transitioned to working from home. And now they're like on Zoom calls and they don't even have to get dressed, right? They can be on Zoom calls in their pajamas because their screen's off. Or if the screen's on, they put like a shirt on and then they're wearing whatever on the bottom, right? They were doing the bare minimum Do. To, to look up, <laughs> look the part, right? They, they weren't exercising the discipline. And, and there's a routine and there's a behavior there. There's a process of preparing for work. And then all of a sudden when work transitioned to their living room, they lost their discipline to prepare for work. They took the opportunity to take the easy way out. And they weren't showering and they weren't bathing and they weren't getting dressed and they weren't doing all the things that are part of the, the preparedness mentality for work. And now you see their mental health suffer, right? And then you saw all these victimizing posts of we've had to homeschool our own children and we had to learn how to work remotely and we had to do this. And, you know, it's been hard on all of us. Well, you made it hard on yourself when you allowed your routine to suffer because the situation changed. Um, and, and you see it all the time, too, with uh, ladies that are, like, showing up in the car drop-off line at school 
and they're still in their pajamas. They're still in their pajamas and all of this stuff. And I may catch a hell of a lot of flack for saying this. You're gonna, but <laughs> it's the truth, right? It is the truth. The I'll get. Can I give if, an example of if, a man's? Oh. Well, if if you were to take a straw poll of the level of happiness, oh yeah, from the ladies in the drop off line that are dropping their kids off at school. The ones that are dressed and ready for the day and the ones that are still in their pajamas. Oh, it's I can guarantee yeah. you the ones that in, in that are in their pajamas are less happy because they're not exercising the disciplines of being prepared for a successful day. Yeah. So um and I don't know if that started with COVID or not. I'm not sure. But it didn't start with COVID because stay at home moms do the same thing. And yeah. then those stay at home moms, let's be honest, a lot of them are depressed. They are. A lot yes. of them are on Zoloft. Yep. A lot of them are going to therapy. I want to give a, a guy example of this in my own life. Mm-hmm. When I quit doing construction and went to building furniture in my barn, mm-hmm. my barn's 70 feet from my house. Okay. So I could get up, get Layla on the bus, and go down there and work. Okay. If I didn't. So. In the beginning, I would do that. I noticed a huge drop-off in my performance. Mm -hmm. Because I would get up, I'd have coffee, I'd watch the news, I'd get her up, I'd go. Didn't work. In order for me to be productive and feel productive and feel like I was doing something, I had to start getting up, working out, then getting Layla up, then going down there. Yeah. If I didn't do those things, I was not as productive, not as happy, and I felt less fulfilled in what I was accomplishing. Even if I was accomplishing the same thing, yep. I still felt like a piece of shit. Your gratitude went down. Well, not necessarily gratitude, but my routine changed yeah. so fast mm-hmm. that I and that wasted time, I felt guilty of that, I think, in the back of my mind of that wasted time in the morning. Yep. So I had to fill that with something else. Yeah. I think that's the same thing you're talking about when you just get up, throw the kids in the car, go drop them off. Look, I've seen lots of dads in the drop off line too that do the same thing. They same, work from yeah. home it, and they're it's in just, their pajamas. It's just harder to tell. Like men have the ability to hide it better. It's harder to tell when a man has rushed out of the house. Because we look mostly the same all the well, time. Our hair looks the same whether it's done or not. You know, yeah. our clothes, like, let's just face it, due to men's poor fashion, our clothes, like, you, yeah. you sleep in that shirt or is that a dress shirt? Like, I don't That's know, a, right? A dress shirt, dude. Right, so... It's an Armani. Um, you know, fuzzy slippers <laughs> kind of give it away for the females. Yeah. But, yeah. But um, the, um, and, and so I'm not picking on ladies when I say that. I just, the reason I brought that up was because it's more obvious when, when, yeah. the, you know, they're not put together. But um, um, the, we, we talk about it a lot. I have a, I have a, a, a strict morning routine. Yeah. And, and I get up at a certain time every day and I go to the gym every day. And, and so when I, when I recognize that formula of discipline and gratitude equal happiness, I like took that and ran with it. And I said, I need more like, okay, if discipline plus gratitude, if it's a math problem, discipline plus gratitude equals happiness. Well, the more discipline you have, the happier you'll be. The more gratitude you have, the happier you'll be. So I'm going to crank up my level of discipline, and I'm going to crank up my level of gratitude. And I pretty much use those two, like the whole, 
what's everyone's goal in life? Everyone's goal in life, right? It's to be happy. It's to be happy, right? We lie to ourselves and say, oh, we'd like a million dollars because we think a million dollars equals happiness. No. Right? But you want to be happy, right? No one's going to be shameful of a life, a full life, no matter where you are politically, no matter where you are financially, no matter where you are in the family, household, anything. If you, if you led a happy life, I mean, that's the best thing you could ever ask for. So I took that and stood it up on edge, and I'm, I'm doing things that require more discipline, and I'm doing things that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm consciously being more grateful for things. And I've just watched the level of happiness just go through the roof. You know, I mean, and, through the fucking roof. And perspective is something there, too. So a lot of people would say, okay, Mitch was disciplined because he was getting up and going to work every day. Okay, mm-hmm. you were. You, yep. were. you were disciplined. But it took a different level of discipline for you to get to that happiness level. It yeah. didn't take getting up and going to work. It took getting up early before work to get there. And I say that because if you're having trouble, just, you know, you think, oh, if you are listening to the show and you think, oh, well, I can't do that because I can't get to this point. Yep. If you're having trouble getting up to work and going to work every day, a, a better level of discipline for you would be get up 30 minutes early and make coffee at home, have that coffee and read read a I want to say scripture, but you know, it doesn't have to be a scripture. Read a news story that you're into. Right. You know, make yourself do something small and instead of being to work 10 minutes late every day, be to work 10 minutes early. Right. Okay, and when you get there, maybe a thing of discipline would be give someone a compliment that's there. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a life altering thing for it to mean discipline in your personal life or your work life. Right. For it to you, you could do that for three weeks and be amazed at the difference of your mentality, at the difference of your, you know, overall, hey, I'm here early and I feel great about the day. Yep. It doesn't have to be a giant leap forward, it can be a small step. You are. And and it shouldn't be a giant leap forward. And this is where people go wrong. And I've recognized this a lot uh, with people very close to me and people that I, uh, that I frequent. Um, They, they recognize they need to make a change and they make too drastic of a change in an instant. Don't stick. And then they hate themselves for it. Right. Um, I'm going to give an example. There's a, there's a newer girl at the gym that I work out at. And, and the gym that I work out at, it's not an open gym. Like, they have, they have classes. Uh, and so I go to the 5 a.m. class, and it goes from 5 to 6 o'clock. Well, is it Dog Pound Casey? Yep, yep, Dog Pound Casey. But, but they, uh, so, so, like, you're going to see the same people every class, right? Yeah. It's the 5 a.m. group, right? Yeah, it's the routine. So you'll see people come in there, and there's a girl in there right now, and, and it's literally been weighing on my mind. I'll probably do it tonight or tomorrow. I'll probably send her a message. She's a newer girl. Um, she's larger, so um, she's she's got a harder battle than anybody else in there, right? Right. So um, good for her going to the early mornings. Oh fuck yeah! Good because for her. first off, the people that go to early mornings are first off nuts already. Yeah, we're already crazy, and and they're probably already in pretty good shape. Uh, maybe. So it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, for her personally, probably. So. Her first day so there, good for her. she was dressed to the nines, but in workout attire. She smelled amazing. Like she got up, showered, got dressed, and she, then went. And, and the makeup and the hair and everything. And I thought, to, the first thing I thought to myself was, this girl ain't going to last. Like, she's new into working out. 
And she's got an hour into this before she ever even sets foot in the gym. She's gone through way dramatic, way too drastic of a change. And, and she's going to hate herself for it. Right. Well, as, as time's gone on for these last couple of weeks, like maybe two weeks that she's been there, all of us, now the makeup isn't as strong. The clothes aren't as on point. The hair's not done and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, finally she's getting it. Like that's, that's good. Um, it be, because I've recognized other people coming to that gym doing the same thing and yeah. they last about two or three weeks and then they're gone. Um, the other thing with the gym is Tyler does a really good job with like the diet. He'll help you pick your diet. Well, these people will go from eating like shit to trying to eat so perfectly clean all in one day. Can't do it. And I mean, I don't have the discipline to do. I'm a very disciplined individual and I wouldn't have the discipline to do that. You got to start one meal. Now, Mitch likes I'm, to make a giant bowl of macaroni and cheese <laughs> and eat the whole freaking thing. I've seen him do it. Uh it's a single serving box. Yeah. Yeah, it only says 4 on the <laughs> side. According of it. to Stofers, I'm a family of 4, <laughs> right? Um but um I've watched so many people come in and and maybe they're not doing the crazy thing with the hair and the makeup and the perfume, but you'll you'll watch them go 180 on the diet and then all of a sudden they disappear. And it's because they went too hard and too aggressive from the get-go. Instead of like trying to, you know, on on average we eat between like 3 and 400 carbs a day if you're not watching is your diet. Is that a lot? Oh, or is that no? Oh my god, yeah, that's a lot. Okay. So uh, Tyler will try to coach you to have between 40 and 80 carbs a day. Shit, I drink 40 to 80 carbs a day. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you get somebody who's used to having 400 yeah. and then trying to <clears throat> drop it to 40. They literally go crazy after a couple of weeks. And it's not because of the lack of carbs. It's because the extreme shock to their mind of, of yeah. going such 180, right? Instead of going, okay, I'm at 400 now. Let's drop it to 300, and then next week, we'll drop it to 200, and then week three, we'll drop it to 100, and then after a month, I will have worked myself into eating the right number Maybe of carbs. Maybe you need to say something to Tyler about that. Well, no. Like, I mean, hey, dude, bro. Yeah. Like, come on. It, it could be. It could be. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would help him, because that helps the people stay longer. It would. It would. Know? So, um, but... but the reason most people don't think that's right because there's enough social media bullshit out there that's like, no, you got to rip that Band-Aid off and you just got to do it. Well, guess what? It, it, it destroys your mental health when you try to rip the Band-Aid off and you try to do it and you fail. Like, pres- yeah. pressure makes diamonds, but pressure also kills people. Yeah. So you got to... It you gotta also ap- makes coal. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you got to apply the right amount of pressure. Yeah. Um. So... That is that is huge. That's a great analogy because it takes time too. Yeah, it takes a lot of pressure for, for a long time. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can't do it in two seconds. Right, you can't make that diamond in two seconds. And if you're new into working out and you're overweight and you're seeing these people at the gym that you know are nice and chiseled and and look like you want to look, you need to recognize that they've done this for like five to seven years to get there. Yeah. So. um that it's not something that can happen in six weeks. It's not something that can happen in six months. It it takes a long time to get there. So, um, yeah, we, we've got a little off of business, but we, that's okay. Well, 
we're still talking about everything that it takes for proper yeah. mental health, right? Yeah, and if you um, ha- yeah, if if you can't handle all of those different examples that that we've set and your mental health isn't right, then you're not going to be able to start that business. Right. Right. And that's if you're not in a good mindset, it's just not going to happen. Right. Right. Um I wanted to so so I went through a struggle with depression for um who knows how long I had it before I was diagnosed and before I got on medication for it. And and this is one of those things where for about a year my wife was suggesting I go talk to somebody. But when it's your wife and you've been married for a long time, I don't want to say their opinion doesn't matter. It just doesn't seem to hold as much weight because you're around them every day and they're around you every day. And so you're like, for me, I was constantly questioning, like, am I, has, have I really changed or have, have the way you've seen me? Yeah. Has your perspective changed? changed? Yeah. Right. And so you have that war with yourself and, and it's not like I'm trying to discredit my wife or anything else in that moment. It's, it's just, I'm like, okay, is this just what married couples do to each other at, you know, the 10 to 12 to 13 year mark? Or, or, you know, how does that, you're just having all those things. Well, it wasn't until I had some outsiders, some people that I see only maybe every three or four months or every five or six months or every once a year, they said, Hey, you doing all right? You're, you're, you're losing your shit, bro. You're looking sad, right? Yeah. And so, um, after several of those, I went home and I told Danielle, I'm like, Hey, I think I need to go get checked out. Girl, right? I think you're right. I yep. got to I think you Well, no, see, see. Oh, don't you, say that. No, no. I I no. I should have said that, <laughs> yeah, right? But you didn't. I said, I think I'm going to go get checked out so and so noticed a change. And that's the wrong thing to say. I should have said, "You know what, babe? I think you're right." <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> You and your wife, you yeah, guys say yeah. some of the yeah. Like there are normal ways that people deal with their spouses. The way Mitch and Danielle deal with each other is complete opposite of what anyone would say. This is how you should do it. It works for us. There's example number one. Right. I exactly. I said maybe you're right. You should. <laughs> yeah. So so Girl, I go right. get checked out, and um, when you, know, you say checked out, listen. So, this so is I went to, to help my, other people. Do yeah. you go to psychiatrists? You nope, go to your regular nope. physician. I just went to my primary care physician. Said, "Hey, dude," and and Girl, told him. Whoever. I told him flat out. And and so at the at, it's weird. Your mental health takes a massive dive once you recognize it, because then everything starts coming into line, and then you start worrying like, like f- so. For me, the biggest struggle I had was I thought that the only people that had mental health issues wanted to kill themselves, and I never once wanted to kill myself. No, never once. That's a stereotype. And and so that's that was the biggest mask for me on why I didn't think I had a problem, and then. Once you start recognizing you have a problem, I made a call to the primary care physician, and, and they asked, what do you need to be seen for? And I said, I think I'm depressed. And, of course, then they go into all the scary questions oh, yeah. of, do you need to go to the hospital? Do you want to harm yeah. yourself? You know, all that crap. And I'm like, you're no. Like, you're like, no, no, I just I want to come in and get checked out. Yeah. And so <laughs> they... They they go to full panic mode, right? Well, they give again. you a fast appointment, too. Yeah. Damn um, right, they do. And so I got in. Doctor was amazing. Asked, you know, seemingly all the right questions and everything. And, um, and so she, she put me on the exact same Lexapro that yeah. you were on. Mine was generic. And, yep. But same thing. So my wife was excited because I was finally doing something about it. And that night we had to go to her parents' house, uh, her dad and her stepmom that live out in Columbia, Missouri, about an hour and a half away from here. Um, so, uh, that night 
I got my script, took my medicine, went to bed. Takes a little bit to get built up in your system. They, they said it may take three to five days to get built up. I didn't notice a difference until three to five days later. My wife noticed a difference the very next day. She, I was more talkative. Placebo for her, maybe. Maybe. Now listen. Not sure. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for a second. Sometimes just taking the right steps forward can change the way you act and the things you say and the way you are before any medicine takes control of your body. Yeah. Okay. Just just the fact that you say, "I'm aware. I reached out for help, and we're going to start this process of moving forward." Yep. Can be a huge lift no matter what you're dealing with. Right, right. So three to five days later, now I'm starting to notice a difference and things are a lot more clear. So I want to talk about like what I was feeling. So um, it, it's hard to say like my examples versus yours. The, the easiest way I can associate it to is um, I've, done, I've done some hunting out in the mountains of Colorado. And you get into a heavily wooded mountain in Colorado. Man. And that'll and, mentally change your life. Well, it's great. Then the fog rolls in and you can very, very easily get completely turned around. You don't know which direction to go. You, you, you start second guessing yourself on where you're at and where you need to be and what direction to travel and everything. Right. So yeah. the, for me, the, the medicine <clears throat> removed the fog. That's all it did. It did not remove the mountain. It did not remove the forest. It did not remove the altitude. It didn't remove the fact that I'm four miles from camp or whatever. It simply removed the fog. It allowed you to see what direction you needed to move. It allowed things to open up and be a little bit more clearly, right? So uh, using that same analogy, with with the fog rolling in, I know I've got a four-mile walk to camp. I just don't know exactly because of the fog. I don't really know what's the best way to get there, right? So with the medicine coming in and removing the fog, I still have a four-mile walk to camp. I still have mountainous terrains and, you know, steep... That you, you know, personally have to overcome. That you have to overcome, yeah. right? So the medicine doesn't fix you. No. The medicine clears the path enough so that you can see the direction you need to go. You still have to take the steps, right? Medicine will not replace the formula for happiness. You still have to have the discipline to step each step after step. You still have to have the discipline to get up every morning and get ready for work. Some days are harder than others. People that are depressed versus people that aren't depressed. It's like, even, it's very hard. It's, it's very hard when you are depressed. All right. It's extremely difficult, but we're not making light of God. No, 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 struggle. no. And that's no. why we're bringing this stuff up. But just but to what say I'm, that, We've, we both, we know it. If you're going through something, we know what you're going through. Yeah. And, and what I want to be clear, like, so your expectations, if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I'm going to go get some medicine, you're not going to be like clicking your heels and singing zippity doodah down the sidewalk and smiling. Like it doesn't falsely make you it happy. It's yeah. It's not ecstasy. Right. Okay. The, the, dis, the, the, the recipe for happiness still applies. The medicine just allows you to clear the fog and see what you have to do in order to fulfill that recipe. You still have to be disciplined. You still have to get up every day. You still have to recognize things that you are grateful for. 
things that you have that others don't, opportunities that you have that others don't, challenges that you have that others don't. Th- those are actually things to be grateful for. Yeah, right? and, and I, I mean, I, you know, you say that. I know people personally that, oh, you know, my wife is on this anti-anxiety and she just takes it and she still just lays it in bed all day. Well, yeah, because it's not a magic pill. Right. You guys, she's still... It, and if you're taking medication and you're laying around in bed and it's not quote-unquote helping you, you need to probably be seeing someone, too, yep. that can talk you through these same stages that we're talking about. They're going to say, hey, come in here once a week. We're going to take these medications, and we're going to try to get your life back on track. Right. You know, it. it's crazy to me, even though... You know, I've been through this and Mitch has been through this. It's still crazy for me to think about in the the greatest country on the planet that this is even a problem. But right. it comes back to the gratefulness thing yeah. and the discipline thing. When you are not challenged on a daily... Men and women are not made to sit around on their asses all day. Right. I'm sorry for all of you that this the bubble just got burst. We are made to work. Right. We are made to challenge each other. We are made to have challenging lives. We are made to raise children. Okay? We are not made to sit around on the couch and watch stupid fucking Real Housewives all day. Right. Okay? We are made to get out and do things. Yep. And it's amazing in this country, people think that that's what, they're, what the quote-unquote easy life is. No, it's not. No. So don't think you're just going to take pills and sit around on the couch all day. Right. You still have to take pills... Or do what the doctor says and get up and have purpose in your life every day. Challenge you yourself to, daily. You have to have a goal every day. You have to have perspective. You have to have you have to have something to do every day. Right. Okay. And if 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 that doesn't make sense to you, and you think that you just deserve to sit around on the couch all day. One, you're not going to be successful. Two, you need serious help from a psychiatrist. And you need, oh man, I don't know the right word. You need... Discipline. Discipline. You're <laughs> right. I mean, that is what it is. So You need discipline. On my, my lock screen on my phone says, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And I don't know when I'll ever get rid of that lock screen because it is my daily reminder that challenges are a good thing. Right, we need projects. We need challenges. Challenges are what it. it you've ever heard the the deal about like, um, um, you know, somebody was asking God for patience, and they were mad that God didn't give them patience. Well, he didn't work that way. No. If you ask for patience, he's going to give you opportunities to exercise your patience. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's a muscle you have to improve. Yes. So if if you if you think you're lacking, um. If you think you're lacking in a certain skill, well, you need to go do things that challenge that skill. Yeah. If you're lacking getting up on time every day, you need to challenge yourself to get... There's no magic pill that's going to make you just pop up on time every day and be happy. Like, you have to work on that yourself. And then after you do it for a couple of weeks, you're going to be like, damn... That's kind of cool, right? It doesn't. It's just not easy yet, but you're able to recognize, like, hey, I did it. And then after you do it for a couple of months, you're like, okay, I got this yeah. now, right? So it, it takes a long time. But those are 
Those are huge things that result in happiness. And before anyone thinks, you know, oh, these guys are just those guys that wake up and they get going every day and they just, it's, you know, Mitch is a lot like that. Like he gets up, not every day, I'm sure. And he's going, I struggle with it on a daily fucking basis of making myself get up early and get ready to be great. Yep. Okay. It literally, when I wake up in the morning, I don't remember what epi- we've. T- I think I've brought this up before on mm-hmm. Ocean's Eleven with Matt Damon and yep. uh, what's his uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah. And yep. he's like, "What are you suicidal?" And he's like, "Only in the mornings. Only in the mornings. Literally in the mornings. It takes everything I have to get out of bed. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I I I mean, I, I'm gonna be honest with everybody here. I struggle with my mental health on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, my childhood was pretty tough. Yeah. You know, it just it's part of who I am. But I've been able to realize that I have that problem and that the only person that can fucking solve it is me. Right. Okay? That's it. Right. I mean, I can ask God for help. That's it. Yeah. I have to be able to stomach the strength to get up and do it. Right. And just make it happen. Right. I mean, it's a struggle every day. Yeah. You just got to do it, man. And ultimately, our all of our happiness is up to us, right? That's right. You can't blame... If you're unhappy, you can't blame your job. You can't blame your spouse. You can't blame your parents. You can't blame any of that. Um, they may have had an effect on your happiness, but ultimately, it is your discipline <clears throat> and your level of gratitude that results in happiness especially most, when you get older yeah most of the people that listen to our show are like between like 30 and 45 yeah when you're that age when you're that age it doesn't matter what your parents did it's up to you dude right um when you're that age you're like let's just say your spouse is the reason you're unhappy get a fucking divorce or, or you know what a lot or, of people don't do they don't say anything or yeah your or communicate your wife's making you unhappy, yet it's been three months since you said, hey, we need to sit down and talk because you're pissing me off. Right, right. If so, you don't say anything, all that stuff does is fester. Yep. And get and and you may think it's, she may think it's great, or he may think it's great, and if you would have said something at the beginning, you could have worked through it, but instead you were lazy yep. and didn't say shit for three months, and now to them it's the exact same, but to you it's 50 times worse Yep. And you're the only one that thinks it's 50 times worse. You want to you want to talk about perspective is a motherfucker. Yeah, you want to talk about where discipline and gratitude come in real handy. It's in a marriage. Damn right it is. Having the discipline to do the things that it takes to stay happily married. Oh my god. And then having the gratitude to recognize how awesome your marriage is even though it's got faults because every marriage has faults. Yeah, but, there's no such thing as perfect marriage. Oh god, let's no. be honest. Right. Okay. So my wife sometimes wants to hold a pillow over my face while I'm asleep. Yeah. Okay. I know she does. I mean, I can see the look in her eye. Yeah. You know, when I've left four dishes in the sink. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's just, it's part of reality, but what when Mitch says discipline, that's one of those things that that's discipline. Yeah. Having the discipline to be able to have that conversation. And and listen, what episode did, do we have the episode released about tough conversations yet? Yeah. Yeah, was it, it came 31 out or 30? 31, I think. 30 or 31. Go back and listen to that. Yeah. It'll help you. If, you, it, it, if you're not sure how to have those tough conversations, go listen to that episode. Yep. Yeah. A lot of great stuff in there. There's, those, those are real good. That's a, that's Tough Conversations is a two-part episode, so. Yeah. Those are, those are real good. Was it 30, good, 31? So. I think it was 30, 31. Maybe. Maybe. So, um, guys, I think that about 
We could do two shows on this. You know, we, we may bring up another show about this. We might. We might. I mean, this is something that it's okay to talk about more than just on one show. We could do we could do a show every couple of months on this. So, because it's something you need to take a, pul- a pulse on regularly. Yeah, and so, when it, and when it comes to business, especially, I mean, I know we're getting a little long, but if you're seriously considering starting your own business, bringing this back to business, or if you're having trouble at your current job, you need to be able to have some self-evaluation. And if you don't think that you can have self-evaluation about your mental health, go talk to somebody. Yeah. Okay? Now, listen, if you don't have insurance and it costs you a couple hundred dollars, it's probably a good investment well, and to if you, do it. If you currently were... So uh, EAPs, Employee Assistance Programs, yeah. they are very, very popular. So if you work for a larger company, yeah. there's a good chance the company you work for has an EAP. And most of the ones that I've ever seen, they offer six free professional visits a year. And that's no a matter, lot. No matter the topic. That's a lot, guys. And and so, it, well, um, the, the ones that I've been a part of, it's six visits a year per topic. So like if you are struggling with mental health and you need to go talk to your you know, a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist or your primary care physician or whatever, you can actually do that through your employee assistance program and they'll pay for it. Yeah. So, um, um, but then let's say you're having marital problems and you need to go talk to a therapist. That's a whole separate issue. And you've got six visits a year for that. Again, don't quote me on the six visits. That's I've been, I've been around three of them and all three of them seem to be on the same mold of six yeah, visits I, a year. I think per most topic. of them are six visits. So, um, you know, explore those options too. Yeah. And don't just, the real point of the show is if you're having struggles, either get help, talk to somebody, figure it out, but don't be lazy and just ignore what's going on and think you're, I, I use Mitch as a prime example because I, I hadn't seen Mitch in maybe a year or year and a half. Right. Mitch ballooned up and was a fat guy for a little bit. Yep. Okay? And that was because of his mental health. Yeah. Because he was... I'm, I'm not saying that he uh, was being lazy and putting it off, but he may have not may not have recognized what was going on or thought it was as intense as it was at the time. Yeah. My, my level of care dropped. My... my, dis- my I had an extreme lack of discipline. Yeah, and if you think if you think for just one second, hey, don't put it off because then the landslide happens and you get so far that now you are maybe in serious trouble. Right. You know, if you think, hey, maybe I just need a little tune-up. Maybe I should talk to somebody just to see where I'm at because I'm just a little concerned. Do that. Yeah. It doesn't take, it's not a big deal to go talk to somebody for an hour. Nope. You know, and figure out where you're at. Right. And just be willing to open... You know, learn a new perspective and open new doors yeah, and new don't, opportunities. Don't be ashamed of where you're at. No. We, everyone goes through it. Not, yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and I can guarantee you, most of those super successful people you look up to, they've all been through it. They that, probably have a story just like one of ours. And, and that's part of why they're successful is because they've overcome that and now they use it as motivation to drive even farther. I do. Yeah. So. Um, it's a springboard. Yeah. For sure. Guys, that, that wraps up the show. Again, um, if you saw value in this show, if you know of somebody who's struggling with mental health and you think that they would see value in their, in this show, pull out your phone, tap the share button, and send it to somebody. Um, this A show like this especially can really alter somebody's life. You know, we do a show on, we talk about, you know, taxes or 
processes or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. You know, those can help. But you get your mental health right, and it can it can completely set your life on fire. So it can completely change your life. Um, um, do us a favor and help share this show with anybody who you think may need it. So again, uh, guys, it's uh, been fun talking with you, and we will see you later. Love you. Guys.